In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant, and we're excited to have you here today, and we have a great guest, Petra Zink, with us, and Petra is a personal branding and digital strategist. She's an internet consultant, and Petra, you also have a book called The Trusted Authority. We've had you on the show before, I, I believe, and we're excited to have you back just to talk about what's going on right now in the future of leadership and influence. How do leaders really make their space in this confusing, complex, and kind of busy world that we have right now. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm always looking forward to our conversations. Yeah, so you help people figure out how they can become the trusted authority in their industry. And talk to me a little bit about what has changed in the world of work and how that's impacting leadership and career development right now. Absolutely. Now, technology has had a massive impact over the last few years already. And what we are seeing across the board is we've got shorter uh, tenure in roles because some tasks are getting replaced, but some uh, professions are no longer required either. And at the same time, the world is also a lot more complex and with that also more competitive. We're more connected than ever before. So what we need to do is we need to rethink career and leadership development to prepare for this, what we always call the next world of work, because truth told, there's no way that we are going backwards anymore. And that means that we cannot rely on simply getting all the degrees and the credentials, having years of experience and building up expertise. And over the last few months, the big conversation on AI and ChatGPT and how that will impact the future of work and careers, that has leveled up the conversation to the the, the next stage. And this is what uh, we want to discuss today. Yes. Well, I know that you and I, we both talk about kind of like future proofing your careers, recession proofing your careers. I feel like right now people are just trying to like be a, a employed today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. thinking about future proofing is, is, it's even that much more stressful. But talk to me a little bit about how you help people future proof their careers and it doesn't have to be more stressful, right? Absolutely. Now, the one thing that we always start with is how can you become a translator of your background? Because so many are just focused on, I've got the 20 years experience, I've got this degree and I've got this title, which is great, but it's only the starting point. And we always say it's the cost of entry that you are playing in this game. However, you cannot compete with that. And now with access to technology, we all have access to knowledge and information. So that's not the competitive advantage anymore. It comes down to what can you translate for your transition maker, uh, for your decision maker that is relevant to you and for them. So can you take it a step further and how can you turn your credentials and experience into a result that people are interested in, connected with what's happening in the world right now? And this is exactly what the role of a trusted authority is all about. Looking this one, two, three, five steps ahead and translating what that means for the industry and their profession that others can you know, gain their information, gain their insights, but also learn from this person. Now, this is the big difference between the expert who knows how to do things, who knows how to solve a problem, who goes get straight into it versus an authority who is also able to articulate what's going on and the why behind the what. And that makes a big difference. Well, and in some ways that makes it easier because it's not like you need to go and get something new. You don't need a new credential or new information necessarily, but you're connecting the dots between the information and expertise you already have and why that's relevant now, how people can use that now, what they can do with it now, as you said, taking it one step further, but it's not having to know everything about the new necessarily, but how to connect those dots between the tried and true and the new. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. Because you're right. It's not about having more credentials and um, years of experience. However, this is usually the default because this is our comfort zone. Like, especially when we love what we do and we're really good at that, that's the default response when we don't know how else to progress or to prepare for this next step, rather than also investing time, energy, money, and resources into working on your career. Meaning, how can I build a strong network of decision makers rather than just peers? How can I build my online presence and my digital footprint that people who are not connected just yet can find me and can come with opportunities to me? Um, and at the same time, also to learn how to market and promote and position yourself the right way. And this is what we call working on your career rather than in your career. I love it. Yes. Well, and this is starts to lead into, as you said, your digital footprint that we're having a like explosion of online mm-hmm. content, not too surprisingly, right? With ChatGPT and, and other AI tools that can write content now being released to the masses. Mm-hmm. Um, how can people stand out in this new noise? Absolutely. Now, we cannot compete on quantity because uh, ChatGPT or any kind of AI tools, they always over um, out contribute us. But how we can stand out is by leveraging tools like video a lot more that people can see how we respond, our gestures, our body language, because that has a massive impact whether people like and trust us or not. Like there's the next conversation about the deep fakes and so forth, which we're still a little bit away. You know, it will come, but at the same time, the more content we can create now, the more trust we can build, the more um, social equity we can build with others, the more they will see what's right and wrong. And also this is how we can stand out the easy way. And the same happens also with internal meetings. Like people often think or associate videos with being on YouTube or being on LinkedIn Live or whatever it may be. However, it simply comes down to being also visible in front of your peers if you work in a large organization, for example. Turning on the camera, that would be a great way for you to already put a name to a visual (laughs) Right. Yeah. And that video, I mean, as you said, there are going to be fake videos of us out there someday, but most, for the most part, video is still that opportunity to show your authentic self, to connect, to show that it's you saying it, that you're, you know, it's you're coming up with those ideas and you're connecting. And then you said, you know, we can't compete on quantity, but I'm guessing we still can compete on quality of content that we put out, whether it's on video or other mediums, right? Absolutely. And this is also where the storytelling part comes in because everyone can talk about the five steps too, the one mistake to avoid, the three tools you must know. Like this is all credibility content or not generic content because it still requires some level of expertise, but everyone could talk about that. However, nobody can compete, quote unquote, with your story, your background, your exp- your personal involvement with this topic. And this is also what gets people along the journey. Like, why is it that you do what you do? What got you in there? What hurdles have you overcome? What learnings have you had? And this is exactly what people resonate with and helps you to build trust with them or simply being one of many and creating a lot more noise in this already very noisy world. Right, like a review of a product or, as you were saying earlier, connecting that expertise to the real problems that you've seen, that's where you can become the authority because you're not just saying the five steps to do whatever, but you're actually going to show how that was implemented, connect it to a real-life example, and now you're the authority on that because it goes deeper than what ChatGPT could write with the five steps, whatever it is. And I always think it's interesting that people, you know, I've seen a lot of people out there saying, oh, you know, I'm going to give this away for free and other people are charging for it. And I thought, well, nobody's charging for information. Information has been true for many years. It's that implementation part of it and the nuance that a real authority can command a price, right? Absolutely. And, you know, what I also see resonates really well with people is the behind the scenes. Like when you're just about to do a live video or a training or a coaching session or whatever it may be, show people behind the scenes. Like what's your setup? You don't have to disclose any people. You know, when we talk about confidentiality and privacy, it's not about that. It's more about letting people into your world and see how you set everything up, even talking about what you discuss in a session or what you just covered. This takes people on the journey and this is exactly what resonates with some people and what doesn't. 
Yes, yes. And it makes it more human and real too, which is so important when we get to that connection that there is so much content, but there is less connection. And so if you can connect, that stands out because people are looking for that. They want that connection to the to the person behind the scenes. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about kind of future proofing and standing out in that busy space that's happening right now. Um, what let's we'll do a few of these and we're going to take a break and we'll come back. <laughs> let's talk about a few of the mistakes that people make when they are wanting to build their personal brand. Well, I think a big mistake is that people think they don't have a personal brand because they haven't um, proactively invested in building it. Uh, having said that everyone's got a personal brand already, it's what other people say about you. And if it's the five people in your immediate circle, that's your personal brand, whether you like it or not. So this is the first part. And the second part in terms of um, mistakes is to think we can build something or that we have to become something that we are not. It's more how can we identify and clarify who we are as our unique self being and with our unique DNA and how can we enhance that? How can we show up in our very best um, selves by having a high level of awareness and also intentionality? Uh, you know, people always say, just be authentic. To be honest, I think it's the worst advice <laughs> because being authentic would also mean when I'm hungry and I'm usually quite angry, I'm showing up like that and I let people feel that. It's not about that. It's about knowing what is it that I want to be associated with? How do I want to show up? What do I want people to remember? And then being intentional with those actions. It's not about being fake. It's about being very intentional. So I think these are the biggest mistakes that people think they don't have a personal brand and also that they think they have to build something and become something they're not rather than focusing on who they are already and tapping into that. Yes, it's not about showing up as someone else, but it is about showing up in a way that connects with your audience. Like you said, I don't want to show up necessarily authentic, but I want to show up in that way that is me, but also takes into consideration the purpose that I'm there for, the audience and what they care about, and how I'm going to add value for them. And I don't know about you, but I've seen speakers get up on a big stage, and even speakers that were highly regarded, and I'm sitting there feeling very empty in their presentation. Mm because they really didn't consider the audience. So yes, maybe they're very entertaining and they're funny or one lady played music, but when you sat there and really listened, it was all about her and it really didn't engage the audience. It didn't take you along the journey. It didn't engage you in the story. And I see job seekers do that all the time where they tell their stories about their accomplishments but they haven't considered if it's the right accomplishment to tell, what language will connect with the audience, and how they can engage the audience in their story and make them think, oh, yeah, that happens here, or I've been in that same situation. And there are a few little things that we can do that help people do that. So I love those ideas and that example um, from you that it's not necessarily about being authentic, but it is about showing up as yourself. And those aren't you know, there's a little bit of nuance there. I love that. Absolutely. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, Petra is going to share a few more mistakes. And then we're going to talk about what you can do to start building your personal brand. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. 
Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K. on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking with Petra Zink. And Petra, you help people become that trusted authority. And as we were talking, you were mentioning some of the mistakes that people make when they're doing their personal brand. One, thinking they don't have a brand. And you have one, you may just not know it and it may not be what you want it to be, right? And then two, that they are not showing up as themselves or maybe showing up too authentically in some cases and not thinking about what's relevant to their audience. Anything more you would add to those? And then what other mistakes are people making? Absolutely. Now, we live in a digital first world and most decisions are made even before we are in a room or on Zoom with people. And before we often had had the conversation, the first interaction, they happen usually online. And we make up our mind so quickly whether we like a person or not, whether we trust this person or not, whether we click on following or engaging or actually reaching out or getting to the next person. So not investing your online presence and your digital footprint is also a massive mistake, but also not just a mistake, it also prevents you from getting opportunities. Given we all start our searches, whether it's a speaker, whether it's a consultant, whether it's um, the next senior leader online these days, and even if not, if we talk to a person, they say, you know, you need to talk to so-and-so. What are we doing next? Well, of course, we Google them. We look them up on LinkedIn and we make up our mind based on that. So the online search is just this one step away, if not the first step to start with. So being more intentional about what is it that I want to put out there. And if people only have this one opportunity to see my profile, would they know what I stand for? Would they know what I can do for them? And most importantly, would they remember me when an opportunity comes? comes up that would totally align with what I uh, can do for them. I love that. And it's, it is thoughtful and intentional in everything you do. Like you said, your profile, your content, then also your comments. And one of our fellow brand strategists was talking about this today, uh, Meg, she was talking about how people don't think about their comments as part of their brand so big especially on linkedin where they're part of your profile and that really making it can make it or break it in terms of whether i connect with someone i don't know if you check out people's content comments before you connect absolutely because that already gives a good insight as to what do they stand for what's their point of view um but at the same time also helps us to continue the conversation like social media and you know the platforms like LinkedIn it's all about joining a conversation that already happens so when I can apply social listening skills and see what are the language uh, what's the language that they're talking about what's the examples that they give what's the point of view I can chip in and this is exactly what thought leadership also is all about to challenge people in their own thoughts to contribute your own experiences uh, but also to build a connection with something that we've got in common for example Yes, yes, I love that. Any other mistakes that people make? Um, oh, there, there would be quite a few. I would say to not learn how to articulate how they can tr- um, create their transformation. Like we, we've been talking a lot about knowledge workers and so forth. And yes, we live in the knowledge age, but we live in the wisdom economy, meaning it comes down to how quickly can you explain not only what you do, but also how you do it and make it more transparent. 
like we see a massive increase in consulting roles and coaching um, roles. Now, at the same time, with more competition, what is it that sets you apart? How can you make sure that people trust you because you've got actually a pro process or a framework that you can take people through rather than just saying, oh, we'll figure it out or we'll have a chat to a few people and then go from there. Like this doesn't cut it anymore. The more concise and succinct we can be with explaining not only what we do, but also the three to five steps, how we get people from here to there. This is how we can stand out and opens up a whole new way of commercial opportunities. And we have been talking about building a portfolio career for quite some time. Now, with so many layoffs happening and with roles being made redundant and tasks not being relevant anymore, it really comes down to how else can I future-proof myself by building different portfolios, how I can commercialize my IP. Yes, and I know we were talking about that with the delayed offers and things that are happening at McKinsey and Deloitte and talks of layoffs, we are seeing a lot more people very experienced from businesses mm -hmm. or from those consulting agencies. I think you said Salesforce also. We're just seeing a huge glut on the market of people that are going into consulting or want to start a new coaching business. And so I love this idea that you've got to figure out what are you going to have as, I think you call it a signature system. Is that one of your terms? Yes, signature framework or process or method, anything that's unique to you. And also, again, connects the logic with emotions, logic in terms of the tools that you're using, the steps, the outcome that you can create, but then support it with your personal stories. How did you explore this tool? How did you use it yourself? How did you come up with the questionnaire? Because this is, again, what sets you apart. The actual system or framework, I would say we're not reinventing the wheel. It has been done before us in one or another way. It comes down to what's your spin on it and how do you deliver it that makes all the difference. Right. And Alison Lane was on a few weeks ago and she was talking about specific to publishing and how people can build their different types of ways to get published. And she was talking about this as well, that you've got your way of doing it. And that's important but then you also have the outcomes. And I've heard you say that transformation or outcome. So you're selling people on the transformation or outcome that you'll get, but that's not enough anymore because we've heard all of those snake oil salesmen, right? Now we want to know a little bit of how you're going to get me there too. Absolutely. And this is also where empathy comes in. Like a big shift that we're seeing is from IQ to EQ, meaning instead of how much you know and how good you are and how many credentials you've got, it comes down to what can I uh, how can I speak in a way that resonates with you and meet you where you are at and then take you from there? So mm -hmm. using metaphors, analogies, similes that helps other people understand where we're coming from and makes it more relatable to them. And this is also a big part on how we can introduce ourselves. Like tomorrow, I've actually got um, a speaking engagement at an MBA networking event. And we've got 160 RSVPs already. The first you know, big event uh, for this uh, particular university. And one of the biggest issues is to introduce themselves. But at the same time, it has such a big turnout because it's the first in-person events for, you know, I don't know how long. And they need to learn how to introduce themselves without sounding too full of themselves or too uh, sleazy because this is often the, um, the fear that people have that they don't want to come across as... Yeah, too full or so, so forth, especially in Australia. We call it the tall poppy syndrome, that people just shut people down who are, you know, talking about themselves way too much. But it comes down to the translation again. So you know how? Well, this is exactly what I do. This is a tiny little phrase that we can learn and apply. And all of a sudden, we make what we know and what we can bring to the table relevant to the other party. Yes, I love that. You know how, and then a common problem or a common issue, and then that this is what you do. I saw an article recently where someone was saying that the first thing you should say is I am a, because people want to categorize you. And I got where they were coming from, but I thought I would never tell someone to start that way because once you say I'm a career coach, people have their own expectations of what that means or they don't know what it means. So they feel excluded. I, I just like, mm, nope, I wouldn't take that advice. I really like the, you know how <laughs> to, be, to start it out because it gives people that opportunity to engage and connect and get involved in your story right away versus when I say I am a, I kind of put myself up here on this little pedestal um, and it does, I, I just don't think it works. So I love that. And when you talk about an elevator pitch, it's not a pitch, it's a connection, it's an engagement. 
and people can get engaged that much more better. So one or two tips for people who are thinking about making a move, maybe starting their own thing, or even job search. I think there's a lot of um, connections there. So what are your top two tips for someone who's just getting started in building their brand? Absolutely. I would go back and um, start with doing a few personality tests because often people struggle with articulating why they do what they do or why they are energized in certain situations, working on certain tasks, being with certain people and with other situations, they're completely drained. And they just put it down to their mood of the day or whatever else happened or the star didn't align. Um, I would start with a personality test because often gives us some insights as to, ah, I'm an extrovert. I'm an introvert, for example. Um, this is how I recharge my batteries. This is how um, potential situations could drain me. So I need to create buffers around it because it comes down to self-awareness first that we have some self-leadership to then go from there. And the second step is to then also identify what's been the biggest uh, results so far that I've achieved for certain people. And it doesn't even need to be trust in your profession. It may be in your friend circle that people always come to you for a certain outcome or for a certain strength. Look at that. <laughs> you know, literally um, listen up, have your eyes open, be curious and ask people, why do you always come to me for that? And you will see there is a common pattern, what people think about you and what they associate with you. And even if you get some feedback that actually isn't quite aligned with where you want to go, that's a good thing too, because now we know where we stand and now we can develop a, a strategy to move on and reposition ourselves. When everyone says, you are such a great doer, you just jump in, but we want to be seen as more strategic thinker and a leader. Now, what do we need to do? Do we need to level up the conversations? Do we, you know, there are so many ways how you can actually make this shift. But if we don't know where we start, we can't get anywhere and or any way uh, leads to Rome, as the saying goes. So we are just, you know, the, the product of what other people uh, categorize us in. Yes. And once you know, then you can make those changes and how you communicate and how you interact. Still going to be natural to you. You're going to do it your way. Don't make it that false or fake way. But you can adjust what you're doing and how you approach things still being intentional in that way. I love that. So tell people, Petra, how can they get more of your trusted authority framework? How can they find out more about what you do? Absolutely. Now I've got a podcast called The Trusted Authority and we nearly celebrate 100 episodes. Like we've got a couple more to go and then we hit the big milestone, which is great. Um, for anyone who prefer to read content, I published a book uh, in 2021. It's available on Amazon and who just wants to see some behind the scenes, some updates, some thoughts. I'm also very active on LinkedIn. Excellent. And if you're watching this here on the Career Thought Leaders YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe so that you can get our future videos as we release our interviews and other things that we do right here on the Career Thought Leaders YouTube channel. So we are going to say goodbye to Petra here on Career Confidant, but we will be back and walk through some more of these steps and some more things for you to think about as you build your brand and your digital brand. Thank you so much, Petra. And we will be back in just a few minutes on the Career Confidant. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. 
Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And we were just talking with Petra Zink about how you can become a trusted authority in your area of expertise. And if you're thinking about building your digital brand, there is a new player on the market as you consider how you can stand out in the future and how you can be accurately portrayed in the future of search. So we know that today you probably go to Google and then Google, maybe you go to TikTok. So TikTok has become the top search engine in the world last year. Instead of Google, people were going to TikTok more to search things. So as you think about how do you want to be found and how do you want to show up, thinking about search, where do people go first when they want to find you? If they're searching for you specifically, they probably aren't going to TikTok unless you are a known TikTok star. They're likely going to Google, maybe Bing, but in the future, they will be going to something like ChatGPT, the new systems that can search the internet, go through big data sets, and bring back a conversational answer to a question. We've seen these challenges recently where someone goes out and makes a search of a person and ChatGPT makes things up. It does not have the correct information for most mortals, individuals on the face of the planet. And so it will make things up. One of my board members who lived in Florida, it said she lives in Australia. One of my other board members for the Career Thought Leaders, she's published books, but it said that she has published more books than she has and gave her uh, credit for titles that she has not published. And of course, we've seen some stories in the news of ChatGPT writing things about people that are very negative and incorrect and the, the bad parts of that that come out when you do research on the internet, but it's not really the internet and you don't check your sources. What does this mean for you and I as individuals? I follow a teacher on branding and all things AI, Christopher Penn, and he was talking about how we can build our content library so that in the future, these new search systems know who we are and bring back accurate information about us. And really what it comes down to is very similar to what Petra was talking about in terms of building your digital brand with content. Now, written content is going to be the best to come through on these new search systems because they're searching text right now. But that doesn't mean that everything we do has to be text. If you create audio or you create video, you simply transcribe that. And now you've got written text about you and your area of expertise and the information that you're putting out. And when we think about how we build our platform, how we build the information that we want to be known for, how we build that credibility, and how we make sure that we stand out, it really comes down to being clear about who you are, what you want to be known for, that topic that you're going to talk about over and over and over again, so that when I go and search for you, I'm not just searching Petra Zink, although I'd probably find her because that's a unique name, you know, at least in my sphere, maybe not in the Europe where she's from. But when you think about that, I would search her, but then it would be quickly obvious whether it was her or not, because she's known for personal branding, trusted authority, and I could connect those dots to whether or not it's her. But the more she has out there about her, the easier that becomes. And you may think today, you know, I'm just a leader in a business, or maybe I'm just a manager in a business. Why do I need to worry about that? But the more you can have a clear online brand, of who you are, what you stand for, what type of content you cover, you're credible in, the easier it will be for you to make these transitions in the future. The easier it will be for people who do search for you right now, they might be doing that on Google, but in the future, they may not be. How will they find you and what will they find about you? And how can you make sure that they find the content you want them to find. And that really is under your control, which is nice, right? We have some agency over this by going out there and creating content that helps us stand for what we want to stand for. I just want to dig a little bit deeper into the myths and mistakes that people make when they're doing branding. So that first one, 
the first mistake that people make is thinking that they don't have a brand or that they don't need a brand. A few, uh, maybe a year ago, I did a post with some cheeky reasons that you don't need a brand. And really it comes down to that if you don't have a brand, you won't get proactive opportunities. You won't get proactive opportunities to do the things you want to do. You won't stand out from other people that do the same things that you do. And really when you're a commodity, people won't pay a premium for your service or to hire you at the job that you want to do. They just won't if you don't have something that stands out about you. And you don't have to build an online brand to have a brand that is clear about why I would bring you in instead of someone else. What do you bring to the situation? What accomplishment stories can you tell that really back that up? And how do you show up in a way that adds value, but also adds value because of how you're different? We're all different. We all have something, whether it could be considered good or bad, if it's you know a mistake that we've made or a, um, a difference in ability that we have that we've seen get in the way, we have that. And how can we turn that into a story of strength? Not always, but there are opportunities to do that and to think about how that difference adds value. So I think about, um, you know, an engineer that I was working with, and he had worked in a lot of different areas. He'd been a sales engineer, an applications engineer, worked as like hands-on on engines, and then worked in the sales and strategy part of things as a, a kind of an applications engineer, but doing more than that with the marketing team. So he had this very broad background and applying in an organization where everyone had more depth because they had a big organization and people usually stayed in in one type of role and got depth there. When he's competing against all those people that are deep, how do you make breadth a value? Well, first you got to recognize that it's a difference and then you've got to figure out how does it bring value to those end roles? Well, I can translate the customer requirements into engineering requirements. I can go through and understand if that is technically going to be possible when we're having that conversation because I've done the technology parts in addition to talking to the customers. So now you take that breadth and you make it a value instead of a detriment. And you've really got to be able to speak to that specifically. So if you have, well, everyone has a difference, but it's understanding what that might be and thinking about what your competitors are going to look like, and then how does that difference add value? A lot of the times today, you're going to be competing against internal candidates for roles. And so if you are that internal candidate, you want to be able to speak to how that's really a value and how maybe some difference you have because of your background, even internally, can add value. And if you're an external candidate, you want to assume that you're going to be competing against internal candidates. And how can you communicate that difference of being an external candidate as a value? Be really clear about that. Be specific with your examples and connecting it to the difference that they're wanting to make, the outcomes and results that they're looking for. So you do have a brand. You have a difference. You've got to create the story of why that difference adds value. And that's really how you put together a brand that stands out and is different versus that commodity brand that then just gets purchased based on price, right? The cheapest in in the room. We don't want that for ourselves. We want to be that value add that people are willing to go a little bit extra for um, and, and bring us in because of that. So the second mistake is this very interesting place between authenticity and external adjustment. I want to be authentic in that I have my own stories, I have my own voice, I have my own style, and I know what that is and I'm really comfortable with it that I've thought about what my brand voice is, that I'm not trying to be something I'm not. (laughs) You probably heard me tell this story, but when I first started doing trainings and presenting, like I would try to be funny. I tried to tell jokes and it just flopped huge because it wasn't authentic to me. I was trying too hard. I was kind of, you know, forcing it. And 
it, it just didn't work. When I figured out that, you know, this is my voice, is that more educational, authoritative, data-based, yes, I need the stories, but I can tell the stories in a more authentic way. And even times people will laugh <laughs> because now I've got the story that's coming from a very authentic place and I'm not trying to get people to laugh. It's that story that I think will help them, will connect with them, where they'll be able to see themselves in it and it will add value. So it's authentic from that place. But then as I was just finishing that thought, it's got to be connective in terms of thinking about what the audience cares about. What language will they see as a fit? Can they, can they engage with? And then as I'm telling the story, finding ways to help them see themselves in that story. Sometimes that's a question. Sometimes that's a statement. You know, you may have seen this too type of thing. When you are coming into your brand and your brand stories, it's this beautiful mix of you and the things that are authentic to you and your perspective and your voice and your audience, what's important to them and the language and voice that's going to meet them where they're at. And it doesn't have to be an either or or, you know, faking it to be what they want to be or just be myself and who cares about them. It's this beautiful place in the middle of those two extremes where we connect with our audience, especially when we're telling our stories. And that's what building your brand is really all about, is figuring out what is authentic to you, who is your voice, what does that look like, what do you want to talk about, and then combining that with your audience, what they care about, how they can hear it, and where they can go with that. What's that transformation going to look like for them? How are they going to see themselves in your stories? And when you make the effort to do that, then it really engages people because you are authentic, but also because they can find a place to live in what you're talking about and walk with you as you tell those stories or as you build your process or whatever it might be. So those two things coming together. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll dig a little bit more into a couple of the other personal branding myths. If you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to our Career Thought Leaders channel. Or if you're listening to the Career Confidant, come back for the next episodes as well. And we will just be right back here on the Career Confidant. Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Say It Skillfully is my radio show about being who you are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. I'll help you find the right words to tackle any challenging conversation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. You'll learn how to achieve success on your terms and be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in your life. Check out sayaskillfully.com for practical resources, including my 90-second videos, real-life examples showing you how to speak up skillfully. I invite you to call in with your questions. Join me live every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 
8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. And no, I'm cheering for you. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about some of those personal branding myths. So we talked about how we need to understand that we have a brand and then how we find that middle ground between our authentic voice and self and what our audience is going to connect with and be able to engage with. The third thing is that your digital presence doesn't matter. I see a lot of people and I understand the mental health reasons for managing our engagement on social media, limiting that. That's great. And digital presence is important in your career. No matter what you do, no matter where you're located, if we are not taking the opportunity to use those tools to build our brand, we are going to lose out on opportunities. People are checking you out online. They want to engage with you online. They're searching for you online. And if you're not using those tools to build a presence, to build a community, and you can do this in a very life-giving way today, if you figure out how you want to connect with an authentic community of real people, right? Just because you're doing it online doesn't mean it has to be fake, doesn't mean it has to be, uh, you know, something that wears away at you. Our job is to figure out how we can use those tools to best build our career, to best build our life. And those two things can go together if we find the right channel and the right way to do it. So I see people every day who are engaging in real conversations on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my platform. It's where my people are. They're in the comments. They're having real conversations. They're challenging each other in professional, kind, giving ways. They are hopefully not just doom scrolling where they're on there and they're just scrolling, right? They've created a cultivated opportunity to connect. And that's what you can do on almost any platform that you want to engage with. Some platforms make it easier than others that you can find your people, connect with your people, and then, of course, add new people to your community. We don't want to exist in a echo chamber where we're only listening to people that we want to listen to. And typically, if we're doing that in a more public platform, people are getting brought into the conversations and we're not just seeing the same people over and over again. And maybe we go out and find new people to add to our community on a regular basis as well. You can do this in Facebook groups. You can do it using Twitter lists. <laughs> Twitter's kind of on its way out maybe, but you can. People do it, right? Lists are essential on Twitter. You really can't do Twitter without lists. And then on LinkedIn, I do it more with a cultivated person search a list of people that I've, I follow and engage with on a regular basis. LinkedIn is one of those platforms that doesn't make it as easy as other platforms. On Instagram, you can do it with hashtags. You can do it with a cultivated list of people that you follow. And it's figuring out who's having conversations that you want to plug into and where are they having them. Is it a pro- private Facebook group? Is it a, you know, is it a Twitter list, thread, hashtag? Is it on Instagram? It depends on sometimes the industry that you're engaged with, the type of people you want to engage with, maybe the age group that you want to engage with, right? Are they on TikTok? And you can use any of these platforms for good or for evil, right? You can use them and go there and really be thoughtful about who you engage with and how you engage and the conversations you have, or you can use them where you go and you scroll and you get those bad neuro neuro engagements, right? Where you're getting the endorphins, but not in a good way, or you're looking for it to get your endorphins up by your likes and your followers, 
those things will hurt you. They're not good for you. And, and there's lots of research around that, but it doesn't mean that the tool can't be helpful. We just have to be more intentional about how we use it. The win-win is that when we use those digital tools to engage with a real community, real humans, then we can find opportunities to get more human engagement. So maybe a virtual event where we can actually get more in-depth conversation or an in-person event that we learn about through those digital conversations and we can go and meet people and get refreshed and energized through that in-person connection. And it also builds our digital brand as we do those things. So maybe not so much in like a private Facebook group, but when we find some public places to have these conversations or engage in these conversations, it starts to build our digital footprint. And now when I search your name, I see those, you know, they're public, professional conversations that you're having around the topics you want to be known for. What are those topics? Where are people having those conversations? And how can you plug in in a value add connective way that feeds your personal brand and your professional world in a way that is sustainable for you. That's really what you're looking for. And I I find people in all different walks of life, all different types of work that they do, where we can find a place for them to plug in and have a community It's very exciting, actually, because it can be a global community where you can have the conversations and build your authority in the topics that you want to be known for. It takes a little bit of work up front and then some thought about how you can make it sustainable with your everyday work. But it might be a Slack channel. It might be a Discord channel. It might even be an internal channel at your work. For now, although I encourage you to build it a little bit broader than that eventually so that you have that external brand that can help you move when you need to move and helps boo you through the career ups and downs that are going to happen to all of us as the world keeps spinning and getting more complex and moving faster in the way that it shifts. We are always here talking about these topics on here on The Career Confidant. If you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, feel free to reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. And we will see you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.